Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports and Crest Media, and joining me, the founder and CEO and influencer, a software platform that helps teams and athletes tell their story together on social media, sports and entrepreneurship are his thing, my man, Jim Cavale. Jim, awesome to have you on the show again. Oh, man, I'm pumped. It's a big time of year, man. March Madness. Can't wait to uh, talk about uh, what we're going to talk about today. March is absolutely one of my favorite months of the year. And what we're talking about, marketing around March Madness. And Jim, I want to talk about this from both a big brand and small brand level, as each of them have challenges and opportunities. Uh, The number one thing that I see out there is There's going to be plenty of bracket challenges uh, for people to sign up for. Do you believe it's a good idea for a non-sports brand to run a bracket challenge and put it out on social media? Well, it's, it's not a bad idea. It's cliche and it's happening everywhere. And it's probably a pretty saturated situation these days. But the reality is, is in business, you always should think about marketing opportunities around Um, what I call reasons to market, right? Tax day, uh, July 4th. Uh, You can name a bunch of different holidays and times where people are all thinking about that time of year and it's already on their mind. The beauty of March Madness is it's not one day, it's four weeks. And uh, really there's three segments, right? There's the announcement, there's selection Sunday, then there's the first and second round weekend where everybody's pumped because everybody's brackets fresh. Then there's the Sweet 16 Elite Eight where everybody's, probably getting into a new bracket and trying to re-up because their bracket's destroyed. And then there's the final four, which is like the Super Bowl or the national championship or whatever. And so there's there's these phases that give you the opportunity to continue um, staying relevant in the conversation that is March Madness, but you really have to be creative in doing it. And kind of like it was cool to, if you were an aspiring musician, sell CDs 10, 15 years ago, um, but now you got to be on Spotify. It's probably not as cool to have a bracket challenge as it used to be, even though I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. It just might not be your core strategy. There's probably a lot of new strategies you could play into using social media and using your client base um, to really uh, keep the conversation going as well. So one of the biggest challenges I actually see is you mentioned it, staying relevant in the conversation. And I find that one area where a lot of brands fail at in sports marketing, both big and small, is the relevance in the conversation that we as sports fans can see through fake. So you can say, all right, here's this great opportunity to stay relevant and market around March Madness. And I like to think of it uh, as... There's brands that are going to create the the equivalent of stock photos for their March Madness content. And that really hurts me. And if, if you're a brand that's going to do that, I would actually prefer that you don't because the authenticity behind it, it is not there. The creativity is not behind, not there. So I believe that this is something that needs to be executed upon creatively and authentically. So what do you think that brands can do to stay relevant in the conversation to make it not only authentic, but also to tie it back to their marketing goals and the larger picture of what they're looking to do? Well, if it's a smaller brand, they're almost in the bracket themselves, right? You know, I used to um, go to, uh, well, I still go to a restaurant all the time in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, that my good friends used to run. um, And I still am good friends with the owner. And you know, their, their numbers 
um, fluctuated based on the success of the football team. Obviously, last 10 years, they've done pretty well. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think that, you know, your business and where your business is and the hometown team it's tied to um, plays a role in this. And, you know, if you're in, um, if you're in Oregon and Oregon's making a run, you need to capitalize on that. And, and you need to figure out how to make that a part of messaging and create specials and opportunities to try your product or service that are based on the win, right? Just like you've seen brands give away money for cancer based on three-pointers hit throughout the season or, um, you know, give away a prize for that that gives you free version of their product. Like these are all opportunities, but I think those organic ways of doing it that are really tied to the actual results are a lot better than forcing it and so you almost have to ride with with what happens yeah i really like what you said there and for me it comes down to engaging your community so you've got the larger community as well as the local community there so for smaller brands uh there really is an opportunity even at larger companies to embrace the schools that people went to so as i look at march madness the things that i like most about it is it's fun and it's an opportunity for people to celebrate and come together. And when you have that sort of formula there, now it's, it's a perfect storm for marketers if done correctly because your employees are engaged, your fans are engaged. And really, what I really want out of brands during this March Madness season isn't just to run awareness campaigns. I want them to run awareness campaigns that have an activation component on top of it. Have me take an action so that I can care more about that brand so that you give me a reason to look forward to hearing from you again. I would love for a brand to do something, as you mentioned, of tying into the success of it. What if a brand went out and said, you know what? We're going to take Virginia to win it all this year. And if they don't, you get X, Y, and Z pitting the brand versus others like I really want brands to have a heartbeat like a sports fan would. So when I hear a brand marketing to me, I want it to think like it's you and I at the sports bar watching the game and being like, oh, my God, we've got to root against Virginia because this brand took them. And if if they don't win, we get X. I think it's a great idea. And I think the reality is, is that, um, you know, you have an opportunity to be creative and no matter what you talk about, so whether it's uh, we're going to take the top seed and you get the field, and if the field wins, here's what you get, or it's, I said it earlier, uh, maybe a Sweet 16 bracket, which are starting to become more popular, and it can be all about how your bracket's falling apart. And when you put the money in, um, it goes to a nonprofit. So now you're connecting it to a good cause, which people are always looking to give. They just don't know where to give, and you can be the bridge to give as a business. Um, there's these things that engage people that – are a lot more um, social than um, these kind of, like we talked about before, forced marketing messages. And so being creative, thinking about the fact that you have an opportunity, whether you're a small brand or a big brand, um, you have an opportunity and a reason to talk to people, but it needs to feel real and not uh, scripted. Um, that's that's where the, the magic uh, happens. And once again, I think in this March, you're going to see a lot of people do that really well. And you're going to see probably a lot more do it the wrong way. So, Jim, one thing that I've seen a tremendous amount of success with is using videos specifically around March Madness, creating reaction videos for bacon sports. So when I'm kicking it with my friends and we've all got our brackets and we put uh, a few jelly beans on some games, we're sitting down there, and I remember Florida Gulf Coast 
And I remember some of these sleeper teams and someone nails one at the buzzer and we're recording the reaction to it. And then we just absolutely lose it. And once that happens, boom, I upload that bad boy on YouTube within the first hour. And the response is incredible. People eat up video around March Madness because it is the purity. The sport itself, this time of year, is most pure. The, the athletes, the emotion of when a senior realizes this is his last game playing basketball, uh, not professionally, but on this level. And then for us as the fans, the, the joy and the agony of defeat. And with this, I wish that more brands used video. Show me what it's like. Uh, within their own company or show me other ways of telling me the story because as a marketer, uh, we always talk about, all right, you can do audio, you can do video, you can do images and video is so much on the rise, but why am I not seeing it enough around March Madness when we know that video absolutely crushes? You know, it's a good question. I remember uh, a production company that did a lot of work for uh, for national networks bragging to me, maybe this is 15 years ago, um, bragging to me about how they, they shot, produced, and aired a Reebok commercial um, during one Super Bowl. And they were so like impressed by that, right? Because back in the early 2000s, that was a big deal to, to do a project like that. Um, you know, they shot it in the first half, edited it at halftime, and it aired in the second half. How, how cool, right? Um, and you know, when you think about it nowadays, brands have an opportunity if they're, if they're sponsoring March Madness, now we're talking bigger brands to be there and, um, maybe they have limited rights on what content they can show from a video standpoint, but they can definitely create content there that can play into it, whether it's the crowd reactions during a buzzer beater or, uh, the agony of defeat, um, from the crowd, whatever it is. There's a lot of ways that you can engage the audience there and the atmosphere there with your phone um, and and through Instagram stories, right? Very inexpensive, little to no editing. But the problem is big brands aren't thinking that way. They're still thinking bureaucratic and not agile because that's what they're set up to do. And so getting them to think that way, that's where you're going to see brands separate themselves because they're going to be more relevant in the conversation where the eyeballs are if they do that kind of stuff. Totally agree. So let's end this on social media. You mentioned previously you're big into Twitter, as am I. Sports Twitter is fantastic. So a few quick tips for the listener. One, post GIFs. That's something you want to make your your commentary stand out. So back to the authenticity, fun, creativity side of things. When something amazing happens, just don't be like, oh my God, that buzzer beater. Like, give us the, the visceral reaction. Show that in gift form. And I think how I would best describe this is brands need to speak the language of the internet on Twitter. And that's an opportunity which they don't currently take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, listen, if there's a place to have a voice in sports, it's it's definitely Twitter. It's where everything really happens first. And, um, you know, with with video and Twitter, too, I think there's an opportunity that people might not still realize. And that is, you know, with Periscope and with the ability to go live on Twitter and tie in the hashtags that are relevant to the, the minute. Right. Like every sporting event has a hashtag. Um, even in March Madness, it's team abbreviation, VS, team abbreviation, right? Like you can get into that conversation with video using Twitter Live, which is Periscope, and really enter a conversation through video 
with your phone. And so it's something to really think about. I love that idea, but I do warn brands do not abuse hashtags. I was talking to a brand last week that no joke was using between five and seven hashtags on the things that they posted. And I was like, that makes me want to puke. That's a, that's an Instagram thing, not a Twitter thing. You know I mean? If you want to use hashtags on Instagram, it's a great way to play in the conversation, but throwing, uh, you know, five, 10 hashtags is crazy. Right. All right. Time for the takeaway. If you're going to market to sports fans, you need to speak their language. Do not mail it in because it will not work. We will see directly through that. Jim, what about you? What's your takeaway? I think my takeaway is always think ahead and be creative. Don't do what everybody's already doing. I love it. Now it's time for the action item. Jim, where can people connect and follow you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, all at the same username, Jim Caval, J-I-M-C-A-V like Victor, A-L-E. And uh, check out my docu-series. I push it on all those mediums. It's really the ongoing story of me building a new company. I've been an entrepreneur for over a decade and building a new business in the sports world um, that's uh, pretty disruptive. Jim is definitely someone you need to follow. His content is top-notch. For me, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob Cressy, at Rob underscore Cressy on Instagram, and during March Madness at Bacon Sports for all your sports goodness needs. You're going to see how it is done. And as always, we love hearing feedback from the community. You guys are our lifeblood that when you communicate with us, we love it. We want to improve this show. We want to get better, provide more value to you. The number one thing that you can do to help us is share this with others. Let others know about it and give us a rating and review on iTunes. I know you hear this all the time in many different places, but guess what? It actually works. So if you can just take one minute out of your day, throw us a bone, give us five stars and be like, you know what? Rob and Jim were pretty awesome. We dug it. You guys should check this out. We would greatly appreciate it. And boom goes the dynamite.